Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast from MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for our first September 2022 edition of the podcast. Yes, we are past Labor Day and a lot of folks are mourning the end of the summer season coming to a close, but the weather is still pretty decent out there with temperatures well into the 70s and I think pushing 80 into this weekend. So still plenty of good weather to enjoy, plenty of beach days for those that can get out of work. And obviously, plenty of great fishing ahead in the months of September and October, and we hope well into the month of November. So we're going to keep these podcasts cranking for you, and this is going to be another one of our standard fishing report podcasts. We've got a great panel of guest experts lined up and ready to join the program today. We're going to be led off with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, who's awaiting his turn on the phone. We're then going to be joined by Sam Mullen from down behind the counter at the beautiful Goose Hummock Shop in lovely Orleans, Massachusetts. And last but not least, we're going to be joined by proud MFCC member Bruno Demire from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. So great show in store for you today. Let's dive right in. Well, as always, first up on this edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. Ryan, how are you on this sunny Thursday? Doing pretty well, Kevin. I'm actually down in trail with my wife, Lauren, so life is good. You guys just kind of out for a cruise today, or were you doing some fishing down there? I've been doing a lot of fishing recently, but today actually is my birthday, and Lauren is bringing me down Cape. We actually got an Airbnb at the tip of Cape Cod in Provincetown, so we're going to spend the night down here and then head back sometime tomorrow. Well, let me be the first on the podcast to wish you a very, very happy birthday. I think you're 25 again, right? Yes, 20, uh, 21 actually. 21. Now I'm 37, if you can believe it. Halfway to 74. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about your week. I know you've been busy bouncing around, had a chance to, to do some fishing. Give us some highlights. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on right now on MSCC from fishing tournaments, to my own personal fishing adventures. It's been a pretty busy couple of weeks since we last spoke. I guess the most exciting thing that happened to me recently, Kevin, was this past week, gosh, I encountered definitely the best and most awesome morning of surf casting I've had probably in the last couple of years. So I can talk about that if you're interested in learning more. Yeah, absolutely, and you don't have to give away, you know, your spot. You don't have to burn it, but tell us a little bit about, you know, which region of the Cape you were fishing. Well, the out-of-Cape beaches have been just producing really well, and there's been a whole bunch of spots all along the out-of-Cape that have been producing over the last at least two weeks, probably longer than that. And it seems like most of the best bites have been happening during the day, hmm. which is, a little different than the past couple of years where it was typically a nighttime thing. But if anybody uh, who's listening to this has not been following the surf casters thread inside our forum, then I am living proof of why it's worth checking it out because I got some great intel from some of the folks who have been posting to that thread, and it led to me 
heading down Tuesday morning to a relatively popular, well-known beach on the Outer Cape. And I was there right after, you know, the Labor Day rush. And I was the only one on the beach, which was just spectacular. It was raining. It was an east wind. As you know, Kevin, you, you know, where you're at right now, there's quite a northeast wind blowing on Cape Cod Bay. Mm-hmm. The same thing was going on on Tuesday. And surf casting during the day when it's flat, calm, and sunny, that's good for going to the beach, but it's not really good for fishing. But when it's a little rough, cloudy, a little rainy, that gets the stripers chewing, no doubt. And it was all pencil popper action. I kid you not, Kevin, it was every single cast for three hours straight. I got at least a bite, just from 26 inches all the way up to 40 inches. Variety of different lures, but primarily pencil poppers. And the cool thing was, well, actually a lot of cool things happened that we can talk about, but the coolest thing that happened was this gentleman, Keith, who's from Saratoga, New York, was walking the beach, and he stopped by and was watching me catch fish. And he follows a little bit with my fishing Cape Cod. So he was somewhat familiar with what we got going on. And I just gave him my rod and I said, you know what, Keith, have fun. And he was casting out there, getting huge hits. He landed a 40-inch fish. And he said it was the best day of his vacation. So that really just made the whole experience for me. It was just an unforgettable day. Well, that's an amazing story. And another you know, example of MFCC bringing not just the Cape Cod fishing community, but the national fishing community together. Absolutely. And I really have to thank my fishing Cape Codders, Howie Dunnell Jr. and Matt Corcoran, who's a brand new member, for you know giving me the little bit of intel and the inspiration I needed to you know get up at 3.45 in the morning and go down there. You know, without them sharing some reports and intel with me and giving me the inspiration, then I probably wouldn't have done it. But that's the beautiful thing about the community we have. You know, you might wait all season long, but then once you get just that one little piece of intel that leads to having a trip like what I had this past week, it really makes your whole season worthwhile, and it makes all those skunkings and all those difficult trips worth it. Another thing I wanted to just run by you real quick, Ryan, is I know you're, you've become a master in your 37 years now of fishing. You've been fishing pretty much since you came out of the womb. It's in your blood. But one of the things that I've always admired about you is your willingness to go fishing in suboptimal conditions when other people necessarily, it might be too early or too cold or too wet and rainy, whatever the reason. We all have our reasons why we're too lazy to get out of bed at times and go fish. But one thing I think I've always admired about you is your willingness to embrace the elements and go fish. And one of the elements we've dealt with this week that you highlighted are these very strong winds, in in today's case, out of the north-northeast, which makes Cape Cod Bay very difficult unless you've got a large boat. On Cape Cod, you can always find a spot, it seems, to hunker down out of the wind and fish. Um, I just wanted you to give, you know, a a couple of tips, I think, on surf casting in very windy, a little bit rough conditions. Well, first off, lure selection. I was using three-ounce pencil poppers from Guppy, but there's plenty of other good long-casting pencil poppers that will get the job done. 
And I really like the pencil poppers during the rough conditions because they throw a bunch of water and they cast well and they get a lot of attention because there's a lot of white water that you're competing with. But if you have a pencil popper that's splashing around, it's going to get the attention of any fish that are cruising through the, the suds. I also caught a bunch using the three ounce go bag peanut resins. And those, those things cast like crazy. So whether you're using, you know, a resin or a more traditional cast master or some kind of metal, then you're going to be able to, you know, cut through that breeze. Another one on my list today to check in with you on, we've flipped the page into September. I wanted to get uh, a temperature from you on albies and how the albie fishery is doing and see if you've gone out to target them yet. I have. I went out twice this past week. The first trip, I went to Washburn Island, and I actually took my kayak over to the island and fished Washburn from shore. And I saw albies, but they were out of casting range, and I just never got a good chance at them. But boy, what a beautiful place to spend some time. And I'll definitely be going back to try to make it happen because that would just be a beautiful place to land an albie from shore. And then my second trip was with Howie Dunnels Jr. And we went off the south side of Barnesville in our kayaks just a couple days ago. And we saw plenty of albies busting around. It, it wasn't like acres and acres of them, but I probably got 10 good chances. And I got one hit, but I failed to set the hook. And Howie didn't get any fish. And I was also fishing with Carrie from the Gutomic. And he got two bites, but he didn't land them either. It was just one of those days where they're, you know, very finicky, very difficult to catch. But I think it will get easier, the Albie fishing, as we move into the fall. Once the water temperatures start dropping a little more, I think it will get easier. There were some Spanish mackerel around this week off the south side of Bicycle. I know Howie caught a couple of those earlier this week. So that's cool knowing that they're around. And we've gotten some really nice submissions to the Cape and Islands Mitsubishi Anglers Cup, which is the tournament that we're doing for the first time this year for Albies, Benito, and Bluefish. Right now we've got a few Albies that are in the upper 20-inch range. And, again, if you want to join the tournament, we've got $1,500 up for grabs. And you can find the tournament by downloading the Fish Donkey app to your phone and searching for Cape and Islands Mitsubishi Angler's Cup. So there's Albies around. I think I've heard the better action is kind of happening to the east in Nantucket Sound. But, of course, there are fish to the west, like off Falmouth, down the Elizabeth, but I'm hearing more about people racking up bigger numbers, you know, further to the east of Bass River. Last thing, Ryan, I wanted to ask you about is I've been following your new Instagram handle since your old one was commandeered. Uh, the My Fishing Cape Cod underscore Ryan on Instagram. Make sure to give that a, a follow, like I have. And you've seen a couple of nice catches uh, that you've been tagged in from Captain Cullen Lunholm, who looks like he's still doing decent with tuna. I just wanted to check in on the status of, you know, the MFCC group trips. Are there any more coming up, uh, you know, on the horizon with Colin for tuna? We do have a couple openings in October. I think it's October 21st and October 29th. So if you're interested in joining one of those trips, then the easiest to do would just be go to myfishingcapecon.com 
and send me a message using the little chat bubble on the bottom right. Or you can send me an email at ryan at myfishingcapecod.com, and I can give you more information about those trips. Those will be for schooly tunas, so we'll probably be casting lures at them. Again, that's October 21st and October 29th. I think we've got one or two openings. Aside from that, Kevin, that's uh, probably got to be it with regards to group trips. But, you know, like you said, that picture of Colin with that giant tuna, there's been a lot of giants caught. There's been a ton of small fish taken. I think the yellowfin bites still happening south of the vineyard. There's just a lot going on this year in the offshore world off Cape Cod. All right, Ryan, I'm going to let you get back to enjoying your beautiful birthday down in Truro with your lovely wife, Lauren, but appreciate you carving out some time for us on today's podcast and look forward to our next chat. Sounds good, Kevin. Thank you as always. Well, next up on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Sam Mullen from down behind the counter at the beautiful Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans, Mass. Sam, how are you on this beautiful Thursday? I'm great, Kevin. Ready for a nice, beautiful weekend of weather and uh, ready to get fishing. So I've been hearing, Sam, the backside-facing beaches, uh, especially from shore, have been absolutely lighting up. Can you give us some intel on that? Yes, absolutely. The backside beaches have been great. Uh, it's just kind of pick your poison when it comes to choosing a beach. Uh, just kind of get away from the weeds because of this northeast wind. But uh, anywhere from Nauset all the way up to Churro has been very, very good, especially last light tonight into the night. Uh, pencils at the end of the day, and then uh, espuminos and... Schwarters and hydro minnows at night and maybe some soft plastics has been fantastic. In addition to that, uh, you mentioned the weed. I, I just spoke with Ryan a little bit ago and we did some, you know, quick hitting tips for fishing in the wind. We didn't talk about the weed at all and that was my fault. Do you have any tips for guys that, you know, are trying to avoid this weed or maybe some, you know, lures that get snagged a little less? Yeah, really the best thing with the weed is just keep walking because there are, there are some spots of the beach that aren't with weeds. Like, you know, if you just keep, you know, if you take 10 casts or even 5 casts to a spot and, like, you get keep getting weeded up, you know, walk 100 yards down the beach to the next good-looking structure spot and then keep fishing that. That's what I've done in the past, and, you know, that's, that'll bring some success because once you find clean water, you find fish. And have these fish been pretty decent size? Yeah, definitely in, in, definitely in the slots all the way up to 40 inches. Wow, that's awesome. And have any bluefish been mixed in at all down there? Uh, a little bit more towards the south. Uh, there's been some random blues taken through during the day, but nothing crazy. But uh, it's it's still fun, though. Obviously, getting a, a bluefish on top water is fantastic. So. Awesome. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about funny fish. Want to hear if you've been hearing any reports of Albies and Benito? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's been a good surge anywhere from uh, Wakoit to Craigville. A lot of the kayak guys have been doing well, and then if you can squeak a boat in there, you can get on them, you know, just be smart, you know, don't run over the schools or anything like that. And then uh, there's been some good mornings in, out in front of Bass River, and then they've uh, been doing really well around the rips and, the, like, the Monomoy Flat, excuse me, off the boat. It has been has been solid. Has been uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, uh, they've been definitely gorging on uh, peanut bunker and uh, silver sides. And then there's actually been a few times where they've been really finicky and they've been on baby butterfish. Wow. So it is frustrating, but uh, you know, just any kind of like pink and white baits are the best. Yeah, I was gonna ask when they're on the butterfish or or the peanut bunker. I know I've had bad experiences with stripers on peanut bunker and they can be pretty tricky to fool are you finding that the fly guys are having more luck when they're on that small bait oh uh, yeah actually this morning uh joe from the shop uh, got a nice one 
on the fly, and I think he was using uh, like one of those little peanut pat patterns that he ties uh, for us in the shop, and uh, he went tight on one, and uh, he got two from shore actually, so that's pretty cool for, uh, from the shore on on the fly. So and it was one of his custom peanut patterns, so that's pretty sweet. Now, for you guys down there, stock-wise, are you guys all stocked up? I know we've had shipping yeah. difficulties with, you know, not only striper gear, but Albi and Benito gear as well. Absolutely, yeah. We got, we got a ton of that kind of stuff. Uh, all the epoxies, crippled herring, little cast masters, uh, some small soft plastics. I like the little brittle hurley white squids. Those are pretty sweet. And then uh, for, like, trolling for the Benito, too, the crystal minnows work really well. We got a good stock of those, so it's been good. And uh, getting offshore, I know it's Phil's passion this time of year. He's out at the canyons quite frequently. What's been going on offshore that you've been hearing about on Team Goose? Yeah, the canyons, uh, you know, it's definitely, uh, there's been definitely some colder days. Uh, it's been actually more like south of the vineyard has been has been solid for mm. yellowfin, white marlin, and mahi has been very good. Um, so if you just kind of poke around from, you know, Gordon's to Tuna Ridge to a little bit of the claw, but is uh, is pretty solid. And if you can make the run to the dump, but I would just stay close. Uh, it's been pretty good just trolling bars and, and doing some jigging uh, for some yellowfin. It's been pretty sweet. Awesome. And the last thing I wanted to check in on you with real quick is the, the store, right? We're past Labor Day, uh, just updated store hours and kind of what's on the horizon for the fall. Yes, uh, we do have new updated fall hours. Uh, it is from 9 to 5.30 uh, every day, and uh, except for uh, Sunday, still 8 to 4, uh, but every other day is 9 to 5.30. And then uh, just, you know, doing our regular stuff every day. We've got a good, good stock and everything for you to get geared up, and we got plenty of stuff for, you know, bluefin on the spin, which everybody wants to get and because uh, that is definitely getting good too again so hopefully they'll be coming close to shore and leaving the sword especially with this giant offshore hurricane coming in so maybe mix this, mix some stuff up yeah that's what i was going to ask you you think this storm system that's kind of moving to our south southeast and going out yeah. to sea you think that'll push them in a little tighter i hope so yeah it's going to be probably offshore will probably be eight to ten footers potentially on sunday and then inside you know probably some four to sixes and maybe stir some stuff up, bring up some warmer water up to, you know, get those bluefin uh, a little closer to shore, you know, off P-Town, Pecan Hill and Churro area, hopefully. I'm hoping. <laughs> That'd be nice. All right, Sam, thanks so much for carving out some of your day to, to spend with us here on the podcast. Really appreciate catching up with you, and I hope we get a chance to chat again before the season's over. That sounds great, Kevin. Tight lines. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy and proud MFCC member, Bruno Demir from down at the beautiful Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. Bruno, how are you today? I'm doing great, Kevin. Hello, MFCC. Another beautiful day here at beautiful Cape Cod. I know it's been pretty breezy, Bruno, the last uh, you know few days here with winds out of the north-northeast, but have you had a chance to get out on the water the last week or so? I have. I actually have. I, uh, let's see, I went out Saturday tuna fishing or tuna wishing i guess you could say and then um a lot of good friends and charter captains have been going out for albies off the south side of cape cod and we could talk about that yeah absolutely and i want to back up even a little bit further you, you had a chance to get cousin eddie out on your boat tuna fishing huh yeah we got cousin eddie out there and cousin eddie hooked up and landed his first tuna fish um, 
probably the best fish I've gotten this year so far because it was very oily, good, healthy 55-inch bluefin tuna. And then uh, my brother saw that Cousin Eddie got one, so my brother said, geez, I'm coming out there from New York, and I want to catch a bluefin tuna. So I took my brother out on Saturday. Uh, we went out. To the sword, we left the docks around 4:30. Uh, we were at the sword by 7 a.m. Um, and we were trolling at first. Uh, we had a hit. Um, I believe the fish might have been tail hooked. Uh, so unfortunately, that one came off after only a five-minute fight. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's an interesting fact. Bluefin tuna is so smart that when they see a bait, they're known to come up and tail slap it Mm. to actually see if it's a real fish. And a lot of times if they tail slap it also, they can um, stun the fish, which makes it easier for them to um, catch and consume. So... Occasionally, you'll, that will happen. You'll actually be trolling with bars, and you'll hook up, and you think you're on, and you're on, and all of a sudden, it comes off for no reason. And nine times out of ten, that's because you tail hooked it. And funny as this may sound, I've actually uh, been able to catch and boat a bluefin tuna that I tail hooked in the past, which uh, which is rare, but. Um, that was proof to me that it's something that they do. Um, so we had to switch tactics, and uh, of course it was Labor Day weekend, so I was in my peak of fishing spot with 150 of my closest friends in their boats, and uh, and we we decided to switch to jigging because it seemed as though the jig bite was really um, on, and. Um, as soon as we switched to a jig bite, we had a white um, Ron Z, um, kind of in that mid-collar and seemed like the bigger fish were in the bottom. And uh, We weren't targeting a big giant, especially on spinning tackle. So uh, we worked that middle column with jigs and Ron Zs. And within 20 minutes or so, Kevin, we hooked on to a nice 60-inch bluefin. Wow. Um, we Fought that fish on spitting gear, uh, hit the white Ronzi, and um, and we almost had it at the boat. Um, at one point, we thought we lost it because the hook popped out, but then it rehooked, which told me right away that the fish had really swallowed the bait pretty bad. Um, and the problem with that is, well, what happens when a bluefin tuna is hooked deep into his mouth well the problem is your leader is just chafing away at his teeth his teeth yeah. so you're you, you're on a borrowed time trying to get that fish in and when when i felt the pop well i i saw it pop and then rehook i said boys we we got this fish hooked pretty deep we're gonna have to muscle him in or he's gonna shave us off so we chased him down for a little while, and 20 minutes in, we had him at both sides, and uh, he, sh- he shaved the line, gave us a wink, and swam back down. Wow. <laughs> so that's tuna fishing for you. And uh, 
You know, I, look, I can't complain. That was my fifth trip to the sword this year, and that was the first time I came back with no tuna. So I can't complain. Occasionally, you know, uh, the fish have to uh, catch a break too, right? You can't win them all the time. So let's talk about baby tuna. How about the Albies, Bruno? The Albies are red hot right now um, from in my neck of the woods where on a harwich board, uh, they're biting aggressively and all over the place from uh, Stage Harbor in front of Sacquatucket Harbor all the way up to Monomoy. Um, Albies are showing themselves left and right. They are extremely picky. They're on very, very small peanut bunker. Um, so the majority of the guys that are getting them have been getting them with the fly rod, which I would think is an awesome fight. I'd like to try that myself one of these days. But um, I know that um, Captain Tony, uh, which was at Cotton Coffee, if you recall, out of Sacquatucket Harbor, he has been doing really well with the small peanut bunker jigs, mm. specifically the ones that Cousin Eddie sells. He's been doing well with those. Uh, but seems like the, the guys hooking up more consistently are the fly fishermen and guys with really small jigs. And and they're out there. It's just, you know, the Albi fishing's Albi fishing. They, they bite hard one day and they don't the next. But if you find a nice cloudy day where the water's not so calm, that's probably your best bet because they can't see exactly what you're throwing at them. So, Bruno, what's on the horizon for you this week and this weekend, fishing-wise? Well, one thing uh, I want to mention before, because I, I almost forgot, on that tuna trip, when the tuna trip uh, didn't work out, one of the best parts of going out to the swords tuna fish is there's a lot of cod around mm. and haddock. So we stopped in a couple of numbers that I know of for cod, and within 20 minutes, we had cod up to 30 inches and we kept a bunch of them for the dinner and the following day we had a fish fry and we we had some beautiful cod fillets to throw in the fryer mm. so that's another option going out to the sword if you uh if you decide uh you want to try something else on your way home that's one of the best parts of the sword you know going out to the sword and tuna fishing you get skunked well drop your jig down 150 feet in the shipping lanes and you're almost guaranteed a great cod and haddock. Mm. So what's coming up this weekend for you, Bruno? Well, so I spent the day today cleaning the engine room on the Gaviota so she's clean and ready to go. Uh, tomorrow, my wife, Ida, will be coming out with me. And uh, we're going to go out and try to see if we can catch some Albies. Mm. Um my wife is a big catch-and-release person. She likes to see the fish swim away. So what better than taking her out be fishing? And it's something we kind of do as a, uh, I would say it's, it's, it's something that we do every year now where as soon as the kids get back to school, uh, she'll drop them off at the bus, meet me at the marina, and we'll spend two, three hours together quality time and catch some Albies. That's awesome. And uh, one other thing I wanted to check in with you on is the Cape and Islands Mitsubishi Anglers Cup, Bruno. That's still ongoing, right? And folks can submit their catch? 
Yeah, that's still ongoing until the end of October. Biggest bluefish, the biggest albi, and the biggest bonito, which we have all three caught as of right now. So if you go on to Fish Donkey, the app, and register, you can see some of the catches so far. And the biggest fish for each category uh, pays out $500 on top of some uh, things that uh, Phil from the Goose is donating. So it's a it's a really cool tournament. Uh, it's easy to do. Sign up, catch a fish, take a picture of it on a measurement, and uh, and get a prize. And last but not least, Bruno, what's going on down at the dealership? I know you've been spending time in the office lately. It seems like the dealership is doing really well. I was down to visit you earlier this week. Plenty of business coming through the door. We just got a whole new shipment of Mitsubishi Outlanders, our new SUV. Uh, it's a seven-passenger. Uh, it won all kinds of awards for safety. And um, it's about $8,000 less than Toyota or Honda. So you owe it to yourself to check it out before you make a decision on new SUV. All right, Bruno, I'll let you get back to enjoying your beautiful Thursday and hope you have a great time out on the Gavi with your beautiful wife and, and the rest of your family this weekend. Hey, thanks, Kevin. And uh, Tight Lines MFCC members, hope to see you guys out there. Thanks to Bruno Demir from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi for joining us on today's program. And just wanted to take a moment to thank all of our guests who joined us on the podcast, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Sam Mullen from Down Behind the Counter at the Goose Hummock in Orleans, and last but not least, you just heard from Bruno Demir of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. So that's going to put the wrap on today's show. Sure hope you all enjoyed it. And this is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off. And until we chat again on the next podcast, tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.